0: Are uh, you excited to be in church today? I'm excited that you're here, and I um, believe me, God's going to do something special uh, in our midst today, as we do every time we gather at this point in the service. We just kind of pray together, kind of a way of opening our hearts. You're already here, whether you be somebody who's new to faith, somebody who's Uh, been participating for for a while. I think it's always important to kind of stop ourselves. As humans, we have a tendency to go through the motions and get accustomed to doing so. Uh, And in the process of going through the motions, sometimes you can miss the power of what you're a part of. And so I think sometimes it's really special, whether you're watching uh, online today or you're here in the room, that we just kind of take a second and pray together and open our hearts so that God can do what God and only God can do today. Can we pray together this morning? Let's pray. God, we just thank you for an opportunity uh, to gather as a church family. We ask that these moments that we share today would be more than just moments in a church building or a church house, um, but that we would have an encounter with God in a way that only uh, you can meet us, that you would meet us in such a special way that you would think through our thoughts as we open our hearts to you today. God, whether it would be somebody here uh, that has known you for a long time, would you show yourself to us again anew afresh today? God, for the person that maybe is far from you Kind of just beginning this journey, would you show your love, your grace, your mercy, uh, who you are in this room today, that people would feel you tangibly that people who are struggling with anxiety and depression, people who have questions, people who are just overwhelmed in their day-to-day life, the peace of God would rule and reign in this moment. It wouldn't just go in this moment, but it would go with us as we leave today. We're just anticipating good things and expecting good things, and we expect today that God, through the simplicity of preaching, that you would bring answers to many questions that we've been asking for a long time. We ask these things in your name today, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. 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 Everybody awake and happy? that's that's good i I preached the university service last week at 8 30 at my cinemas and uh there was this dude on the front row and he was falling asleep and i remember falling asleep hard in church like you know you ever been one of those moments where you're falling asleep and your eyes are crossing but you're still trying to like hang in there and you're wondering if the person like preaching can see your eyes crossing now i know the answer you can see their eyes crossing There's this dude on the front row, and, and get a close-up of my face. I'm gonna try to do, try to do an impersonation of what this kid close. Do you know what a close-up is? The close-up. There we go. So, <laughs> no joke. Here's my impersonation of the guy. He's like this, and he's going so good, so good, so good, so good. And his eyes were like completely locked, crossed, as he's just so good, so good. So, if you're feeling like you're in a daze this morning, just uh, wake yourself up. That's why we have coffee, believe it or not, or snacks, just to occupy yourself, keep you busy. Second Kings chapter six. Second Kings chapter six. I'm going to read out of the New King uh, James Version this morning. Second Kings chapter six. Um, for those of you who are familiar with Scripture, uh, there's there's a prophet in the Bible that was talked about a lot. He's one of the super prophets by the name of Elijah. And uh, when Elijah goes to heaven, Elijah doesn't die like, uh, like uh, we, we will die at the end of our life. He actually is escorted to, to, to heaven by chariots. He kind of ascends into heaven. When he does this, he has this protege or this, uh, this spiritual son, so to speak, named Elisha. And they've started these ministry schools. These, they called them the school of the prophet. They started these prophet schools uh, kind of in different cities, and they were expanding and uh, they kind of come up to this place where they're, they're impacting a lot of people, they're training a lot of people, a lot of people are being helped, uh, but they're being limited because they need to grow, they need to kind of go into the next season, they're needing to kind of, they, they feel like they're being limited, they feel like they're kind of hitting their max capacity, and uh, they're looking for a way to solve this problem. They feel stuck, I guess, for lack of a better term, and this is where we pick up the story in 2 Kings chapter 6. It says, and the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, who's the spiritual son of Elijah, Uh, see now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us everybody say too small for us he says this please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there in other words cut down a tree and they're going to kind of trim this tree down into a beam and let us make a place where we may dwell so Elisha answered and said go then one of the guys there uh, said this he says please consent to go with your servants and so Elisha responds and says I'll go so he goes with them, and they come to the Jordan, and they cut down trees. Verse 5 says this, But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And so he cries out, and he says, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God, Elisha, said, Well, where did it fall? And he showed him the place where it fell. So he cut off a stick, and he threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Therefore he said, Pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand. And he took it. I, I've grown up in a family of of hunters. We we hunt. If that offends you, we also call ourselves wildlife population control specialists. It kind of just goes down a little bit easier, right? It's a little bit more acceptable. And uh, a couple years ago, I was uh, I was going on this trip with my brother, my dad. Several years. Uh, in, in the past had had kind of taken our family out to this this piece of land, this property where we kind of know some people, and so over the years we 've kind of met those people and know those people as well and so I got this idea that I wanted to go up it 's kind of a for, for me it 's more about just kind of getting into the mountains, unplugging and kind of refreshing my soul and so I called my brother up and he decides that he was going to go with me. And so we go on this trip, just he and I, up into the mountains. And uh, I called my dad because my dad had this four wheeler. It's an ATV, a quad that he uses to get around. And it was like, it was new. He had just bought it that year. And, uh, I, so I called him to ask if maybe I could use it. And so I call him, Hey, me and Drew, we're going to go up. We're going to spend a couple days in, in the mountains. We're going to be hanging out together and, uh, want to know if I could borrow your quad. So he does like the normal dad stuff. Like, yeah, you know, take, take care of it. Don't crash it. Don't run it off a cliff, like basic stuff like that. And I'm thinking, yeah, of course, you know, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll do it. We'll have a good time. So, uh, we wake up this one morning and we load up on this ATV and, uh, we start kind of driving throughout the property, and it's just breathtaking. If you've never gotten out into Mother Nature and just like seen the sights that there are to see, I and mean, we live close to Yosemite, I encourage you to do so because it's hard to get into those environments and not acknowledge the fact that there is a God. Like to think that this stuff just happened randomly is absolutely bizarre to me. Like you just all of creation, as the Bible says, testifies that there is a God, and you see that when you get out in these environments. And so we're having a pretty incredible morning, just kind of taking in the sights and. We pull up to this one kind of knoll that overlooks this really big, large, vast valley. Kind of as an edge where it kind of goes down into rolling hills. It's kind of like a cliff uh, that kind of drops down into this valley. And we pull up where you can overlook the entire thing. Maybe you can kind of picture that with me this morning. You see large oak trees. You see birds flying by. You see animals, rabbits, uh, coyotes kind of rolling through the field. And it's just like, if you breathe in the morning air, it's just like an incredible morning. And so I whisper to my brother, because you know we're hunting and you gotta whisper. When you're hunting, and I say, "Hey, why don't we kind of just part ways here? We'll kind of just take our time this morning. I'm going to walk down this side of the hill, and you're going to walk down that side of the hill, and we'll meet up there in the in the bottom." And so he says, "Okay." So we so we do this. We get off the ATV, off the quad, and uh, I start walking my, my way down this trail. And man, it couldn't have been more picture perfect. You know those times in life where it's like life is just going really, really good. This is like the picture perfect scenario. Like if I had to write it in a book, this is exactly how it would be going. And as I'm walking, I I, out of nowhere, uh, 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 kind of above the sound of the birds making noise, I start hearing the sound that is really foreign to me, and I, c- I couldn't place it. And if your mind has ever been in one of these situations where you hear a sound that you can't place, it kind of instinctually causes a sense of, uh, of terror, maybe anxiety. Your, your mind is just kind of racing to figure out, what is it? It's almost like sheer panic. And I hear this, like, it's like a whooshing sound is the best way I know how to describe it. It's like, whoosh, 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 woosh And as, as it's doing it, it's almost like picking up speed the way that it sounds it's woo-woosh, 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 woo woo And I can't place it. Oh, it's happening within a matter of like five seconds. So I'm hearing this woo-woosh, woo-woosh, woo-woosh. And all of a sudden, I, I start to panic, and I, I stop, and I turn, and I look. And as I look, here comes my dad, prized possession. His quad comes shooting off the top of, of the mountain. Apparently, I didn't set the emergency brake, and the thing had picked up speed. And that thing was woo-woosh, 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 rolling down the hill. It, I'm not kidding, like a movie. It shoots off the side of this cliff, and I'm like, ah! like please no you know like just just everything flashing before my eyes all the things that I'm gonna have to tell my like this is certainly not real I felt hopeless I'm like what do you what am I gonna do I can't do anything it catches an edge and this sucker just head over heels just tumbles and tumbles and I'm watching it from the top all the way it falls all the way down to the bottom of this valley where it eventually eventually lands on a tree they have a couple pictures of of what what had happened so that's that's my dad's quad yeah imagine how my day went that phone call right so this thing is, and, and it's, it's really down deep in, in, in a canyon, and, uh, and, and we're, we're in remote wilderness. I mean, thousands of acres deep down into a piece of, of, of private land, and I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments. This is the best way. You, you feel stuck. Like, where do I even go from here? Where do I even even start from here? You ever had those moments in life where you're kind of, you're walking from your living room to your bedroom, and then you walk back to your living room, and then to your bedroom, and you really don't know what you're walking back and forth for? It's like you just need a little bit of time to think, or you go to the car, and I don't really know what I'm going to the car for. This is kind of what I'm doing out there in the wilderness. It's kind of like, what, what, what am I going to do? How are we going to figure out what this, how, how to move out of this situation? We go down to the quad, and, and it's literally one of these, Moment, like I don't know what to do. How how is something going to pull this out? It seems like an impossibility to me. So, me and my brother are trying to figure out what we're going to do in this scenario. And uh, eventually, out out, out of no, there were some other guys that happened to be coming up to the same property that we hunt this weekend, uh, kind of friends, family, friends, people that we know. And they end up coming driving down and they're like, Hey, are you guys okay? Like checking on us and stuff. And we're like, no, we're not, we're okay, but obviously the quad is not. And so they go, and, and these guys, they're, they're, they're CHP officers. So they're used to dealing with stuff like this all day tow trucks. Uh, machinery, things going going wrong. And so they, they have this old school like Suzuki stick shift and they drive down in there. They start hooking up ropes and hooking up to the quad and they'd snap the ropes and they get a tow rope and eventually, eventually they pull the quad all the way out. I had to call my dad. He was very forgiving. Was he upset? Yes. Did he forgive me? Yes. Was, has he let me borrow his quad again? Actually, he has, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, but it was one of those moments um, I felt like I didn't know what to do. I kind of want to pose this question this morning and let it segue into some conversation. What do you do in life when you feel stuck? What do you do in life when, when man, I'd like to move forward. I would like to you know get beyond the situations that 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 I'm facing but a lot of times the things that we face in life they're they're in the midst of some of the most perfect times and the times that, that are most picturesque and it seems like life is going good we come up against these scenarios that are larger than life sometimes they leave us a little bit befuddled where we don't really know the move to make where we feel I'm trying to describe this feeling it's a feeling of almost numbness like I know I need to go somewhere I know that it's time for a new season. I know that it's time for me to take a step and maybe step out and dream a dream and and do something with the life that I have. But when I actually go to take the step, I really don't know what move to make. If I have to describe it, I I, I feel stuck. I come here, and I get great inspiration. When I read books, I get inspired about the things that God wants to do. I hear the things that the preachers are preaching. I hear the stuff on social media that is inspiring, and I got to do something with my life and leave my mark and make a difference. But when I wake up in the morning, when I actually sit down to make the phone calls or strategize as to what I'm supposed to do in my life, I don't really know what move to make. What do you do when you feel stuck? I'm not talking about a lack of inspiration. I'm not talking about a lack of motivation. I'm talking about being in a scenario where I don't really know where to go from here. When we read the story in the text, this is where these guys are at. They have a problem. They're, They're hitting a limitation. There's this place in their life where I know that there's more, but that more isn't here, and I know we need to make a move. They've maxed out as it pertains to these schools that they're running, and they need more capacity. So they come up with a strategy. And the strategy is this, that we'll all go out, and what we're going to do is together, what we're going to do is we're all going to take a different beam, we're going to cut down a different tree, and we're going to whittle this tree down into a beam, we bring these beams together, we're going to have the place that we need. So they have this strategy. The problem is there's this one guy in the crowd, apparently, that we learned from the narrative, that doesn't have the tools or the resources to actually execute the strategy that they have. I think sometimes in life, it's not that we don't have the strategy. I think sometimes it's life, it's not that I don't have the plan, it's not the fact that I I don't know what I should do. Sometimes in life, it's, it's not that I don't know where I want to go or what I want to do. I just don't have the resources to do it. I don't have the money that I need. I don't have the resources that I need. I don't have the influence that I need. I don't have the relationships that I need. I'm not in the, in the physical, uh, I'm not physically where I need to be in order to accomplish the things that I need to accomplish. I know what I need to do. I am inspired about the things that I need to do, but I don't think that I have the resources to do it. This mind man finds himself in this position. I want to talk you through what do you do when you're stuck? If you find yourself stuck and you're going to get yourself unstuck, the first thing that you have to do is learn to look beyond the obvious if you're taking notes I want you to write that down learn to look beyond the obvious in life a lot of times if we don't see a way we think there's no way that God is in the midst of this if the way that I'm supposed to walk is not obvious if the door does not present itself if it's not right in front of me well I guess I guess I can't go I think about this man what if he would have chose this option we're stuck we're in a position of limitation but i know that together we can do something great we can make our life something great we can leave a legacy we can leave our mark and as they set up so here we're going to do we're all going to take a beam i can only imagine the guy sitting there thinking yeah but i don't have an axe and i think most of us in life when we don't have the resources that we need rather than look beyond the obvious most of us settle for the facts Settle for the facts that I don't have the money. I wasn't raised in the same in the right type of family. I don't have the education. I don't have the things that I need because humanity humanity always operates within the obvious. Here's the challenge, though. God doesn't work in the obvious. God always works in obscurity. This is the nature of God. When when, when God wants to send a savior to the earth, He doesn't. Have Jesus come down from heaven and part the the clouds and, ah, here is the Savior of the world. That would be obvious. No, God works in obscurity. So he sends him what? Through a baby. When Jesus' disciples are needing to pay taxes, Jesus didn't just say, let me get some money for my money back. He does obscure things. He says, go fishing, and you're going to find the money that you need inside the mouth of a fish. If you're going to be able to get unstuck in seasons of your life where I'm inspired and I want to do something, I want to move forward, but I don't have the things that I need, you're going to have to learn to look beyond what is obvious. There are things, there are things, and I can't say this enough, the way that God works, he hides things. He's not hiding things from you. He's hidden things. For you, there's things on your journey, but you have a part to play. This is the part of the trusting God process. I think a lot of times when we talk about favor, we talk about trusting God, we talk about an advantage, we talk about God doing something in our lives. I talked about this last week a little bit. We're looking for money, we're looking for the big break, we're looking for, for, for miracles to come inside the mail, and, and somebody's going to mail me a check, and all of my problems are going to be answered because we hear these stories. We hear about, so I went to the mailbox and I didn't even know the person, the check came, and then God answered my prayers. But most of the time, it's not going to work that most of the time you're going to have to look you're going to have to do something you're going to have to put yourself in a vulnerable place so that you're actually not trusting in your own ability you're trusting in something greater than yourself to open myself up to put myself in a vulnerable position so that god can work through me i think sometimes we're looking for money and sometimes the sometimes the greatest favor that you have available to you here's, here's an example sometimes the greatest favor that you have available to you is your friendships what am I talking about? The people that are in your circle. We don't like this concept and don't connect these dots a lot. And if we do, I think sometimes it falls on deaf ears. And we miss out on the fact that every, everything that God will do in your life, he's going to do it through relationship. Money doesn't fall out of heaven. It has to come, it ha, it, it, just, like, it, just like energy, power, it has to have conduit that it can flow through to be useful, to actually be able to channel it to where we can turn on a light and, and electricity, light, lights come on in the room. The same, the same thing, God's blessings have to flow through a channel. You know what that channel is? That channel is relationships. This is a challenge for us because it requires me to be vulnerable, to put myself in a position to be hurt, to be used, to be abused. But a lot of times the thing that I'm looking for, the resource that I'm looking for, it's not obvious. It's hidden in a relationship. You're looking for money, but what you really need is advice that'll help you make money not just one time, but two times, but three times, but four times, but five times. When you get around people, when you pry into friendships, when you actually voice what you're going through, one of my big concerns about our society is I think that we're just extremely fake we're so how are you doing we're good just getting through another day another day another dollar you know just just hustling things aren't perfect but I can't complain better than I've ever been and all we we, we don't take the time and really the reason why we don't do it I think a lot of times because we're not willing to take the time take the time to slow down and sometimes what is more important than your hustle and your grind is taking the time to be vulnerable and talk about the things that you're going through because sometimes the favor that you're looking for Sometimes the favor that you're looking for is not obvious. It's hidden for you, not from you in obscurity. When you get around a friend, when you talk to somebody, when you open, and I'm not talking about anybody. I'm talking about people that, that, that are in your corner, that are fighting for you to achieve the God purpose, that God, is, you know, God has put you on the face of the planet for a reason, the person that is championing you to, man, accomplish and execute the things that God has called you to do. A friend. Here's some things that a friend can do for you that nobody else can do for you. A friend can give you perspective perspective is powerful how you see the mountain that you're up against is everything you ever heard the saying you can't see the forest sometimes through the trees this is why i talk about things like getting away or refreshing your soul sometimes you have to step back to get a perspective of what you're facing so that you know what to do with the trees once you're back in them this is this whole principle when you get with a friend and you say this is what i'm going through and i'm overwhelmed and this is what i'm facing sometimes a friend will will tell you "You, you're you're not seeing it right you're not you don't have the right perspective of this situation i think you're missing out on the fact that you ever had these moments of illumination where you talk to somebody and you didn't leave knowing all the answers but you sure felt a whole lot better about the situation that you were facing why because friends give you perspective I think friends also give you persuasion. They give you this ability. When you want to quit, you want to throw in the towel. The God friends, the God relationships that God has placed in your life to say, you're not giving up. Get get that thinking out of your head. Get back in the game. Quit settling for a less than life. Quit acting like life is over. Life isn't over. You have blood in your veins. You have breath in your lungs. God is still working. They give you persuasion to stay in the game. And I think sometimes it's it's not just perspective. It's not just persuasion. Sometimes they literally have provision. This is what we see in this story if this man doesn't have the 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 willingness to be vulnerable to go to somebody and say hey i don't i don't have what i need to go on this journey if he doesn't have the humility and the vulnerability he misses out on some of the most incredible things that god wants to do in his life i think in our life it's the same thing if i'm not willing to voice where i'm at if i'm not willing to have conversations this is why we create spaces for this in the church This is why when we say small groups and everybody goes, woo-woo, and we're like, why are we excited about that? It's for this very reason right here. Because most people in their lives, you don't know how to curate these types of relationships for yourself. Most people don't know how to have, I mean, you have friends that you can hang out and have a drink with and and maybe make some good dinner and have some good laughs, but I'm talking about having some conversation with depth about my soul and where I'm going and what it is that I'm put on the face of the planet to do. If you don't have that, you need that because it is impossible for you to reach your God potential and take on the mountains and overcome in life and defeat the anxiety and overcome the depression and truly find freedom from all of the things that are keeping you from the life that you want to have on your own. You have to be willing sometimes to look beyond just what is obvious because a lot of times God hides things for you, not from you, in obscurity. Be willing sometimes to go on a scavenger hunt. Be willing sometimes to to admit that I don't know all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I need help. I think about the situation. If I would have acted like I had it all together, are you guys okay? Yeah, we're good down here. You guys got it figured out? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll work it out. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll figure it out down here. I think most of us live our lives that way. We, we, that quad would still be down in the bottom of, that, bottom of that canyon today, even as I'm preaching years later. Because I don't have everything that I need for the journey. A lot of times the things that you need for your journey are hidden in relationships, the people around you. It's not always as obvious as you think. And people who think, well, if it's not obvious, it must not be God. You haven't read the Bible then. <laughs> very seldom in scripture is it obvious very seldom in scripture is the writing just written on the wall and yeah this is hundred percent what God wants me to do no a lot of times you're terrified when you take that first step and I think sometimes God likes it that way because you're forced to trust in him rather than your own strength if if I knew for sure every step that I took was God that I wouldn't need to trust him because I would I would know all of the facts but I think sometimes that that obscurity thing of having to look for it. Okay, God, I know that you favored me. And rather than saying, I guess this favorite thing's not real because I don't see it, I'm gonna dig. I'm gonna go on a scavenger, huh? I'm gonna talk to some people. I'm gonna be vulnerable. I'm gonna show my true colors. I'm gonna be willing to tell other people that I don't have what it takes to be able to go where we're going, but I wanna go. Some of you in this place, you wanna grow spiritually, you want your families to grow, you want your marriages to grow. But in order for that to happen, you gotta be willing to open your mouth to a dream team member, to someone here, to someone in the church, to someone in your family to say, Hey, I want my marriage to be better, but if I'm honest, I don't know how to do that on my own. I need help. I need a tool. I need an ax because I don't have my own. I'm going to have to be willing. If you find yourself stuck today in a numb position, which I think many Americans, many people, many believers find themselves in this position, you're going to have to learn to look beyond what is obvious. Second thing is this. First thing, you have to learn to look beyond the, what's obvious. Second thing is this. You're going to have to learn to lose well. <laughs> That's weird. Write that down if you're taking notes. You're going to have to learn to lose well. In our society, in our world, we talk a lot about winning. We, we teach people how to win. We teach people good ethics on behaviors, on when you win, this is how you should treat the losers. We even teach them that. When you win, we should be excited about the win. It's all about the win. Define the win. Let's all rally behind the win because everybody wants to win, but if there's winners, there's also losers. And so we coach and we teach everybody how to win, but we don't teach people how to lose. So when people lose, most people find themselves defeated thinking that they are worthless because of the fact that they have lost. You have to learn to lose well. What are you talking about lose well? This whole idea of loss, first of all, can I, can I let you in on a little secret? It's a human concept, not a God's concept. God doesn't know what it's like to lose because God always wins. If there's ever a loss, if, if you would ever see what God has seen or experienced as a loss, he would take that loss and use it for his gain. And this is what you need to do. This, this, is, this is this principle of learning to, 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 to lose well. This idea would think, because here's loss for humanity. Loss for you is anything that doesn't go the way that you wanted it to go. When, when I didn't get my way, when the prescription that society gave me, this is what it was supposed to look like, when it doesn't go that way, I feel that as a loss. And a lot of times when I don't know how to handle handle that loss, I think that it's it's a less than experience and somehow it's going to keep me from the place that God has called me. God doesn't think like that. The Bible says that God uses everything. He turns it around and works it together for your good. Does this, thing that, does this mean that everything happens for a reason? No, but I think that God takes everything that happens and gives it a reason, gives it a purpose, uses it together works it together for your good even the things that you see is lost most of the most of us in this room when we when we lose in life we we do the same thing this person does when he loses his accent when we lose it we lose it when, when we lose it we lose it what, what what am i talking about we become irrational we start thinking crazy we make decisions that we shouldn't make we we, we become insecure we stop pushing towards the goal that we have in our life. We stop pushing towards the thing that, that man, I had in my heart to do, the expansion, the thing. that, I, I, know that we were, I know there was more for my life. I know there was more for my friendships, more for my relationships, more for my physical well-being. But when I experience loss, most of us lose it in our head, and we don't know how to contextualize it, and we don't know how to deal with loss, so we give up on the dream. We turn back. If you're going to be able to push back seasons of your life, push past seasons of your life where you feel stuck, you're going to have to learn, to lose well the man loses his accent here he is in the midst of trusting god and working hard and working towards the thing that god has called him Things actually seem to be working. Has anybody ever been in this position where I trusted God and I stepped out and I was vulnerable and it didn't seem like I had everything that I needed, but God provided the things that I needed along the way. And when I got going and things were kind of starting to go good, it's almost like I came face to face with reality that reminded me that I was no match for this thing called life. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a position where you've been working hard for something and it seems like you lost so bad that I don't know how I'm going to move on from this position? Lost the job, lost a loved one lost your health lost your perspective lost your peace of mind been in a position where i lost the thing that i thought that i needed in order to push past the situations that i'm facing this man loses his axe head and he begins to lose his mind he says this is the first words out of his mouth which is extremely fascinating to me he loses his axe head and i'm thinking If you lose the thing, why do you have the axe head in the first place? Why do you have the axe to begin with? Because you're trying to push towards something that you know you're called to. Because you're dreaming of more, believing of more. It's the vision. It's the thing that I'm working on. So he loses the thing that's enabling him to get to the place that he wants to be. But he's not worried about that. He loses the accent and he doesn't say, Oh my God, how am I going to be able to accomplish the things that God has called me to? He doesn't say, I've lost the thing that, I, how am I going to get to my future? He says, I've lost my accent and I'm freaking out because it was borrowed. What? Because it was borrowed, because he finds himself in this position where I think we do a lot of times when we lose it, we're more obsessed with what people think about what we've lost. <laughs> than actually being upset that the loss could actually keep me from the place that I'm going. I'm more obsessed with what people may think. And this is the world that we live in. And I think when Elisha, when Elisha then calls him, come here, what did you say? It, it was borrowed. Elisha says, where, where, where did it fall? Over there in the, in the river. Elisha cuts off a stick, as the Bible says, throws it in the water, and the axe head begins to float. And I think in this moment, I think the man who borrowed the axe said, came to a great epiphany that I hope many of us come to this morning. A lot of times in life, when it feels like I'm losing, I'm not actually losing, I'm learning. Did you hear me this morning? A lot of times in life, when I feel like I'm losing, I'm not actually losing, I'm learning. The thing that the man had grown accustomed to getting from other men All of a sudden he finds himself losing it and the man who represent God is the one who gives it back to him. In other words, I think there's this picture in life that even, I think we've become dependent upon each other and dependent upon humanity and dependent upon our carnal thinking and dependent upon our hustle and dependent upon our perspective and the way that we think things should work. And I think a lot of times in life, we got to draw the line that even when I'm losing, sometimes I'm not losing, sometimes I'm actually learning. And I think what he's learning is the things that that I've, I've grown accustomed to getting from man. And maybe it's the hustle and maybe it's the work and maybe it's the benefit and maybe it's the blessing. But I think when the man of God hands him the thing that he's accustomed to getting from man, he realizes that. I wouldn't have been able to get it from man if God didn't enable me to get it from man that it's really been God that's been giving it to me all along. Sometimes in life you have to remind yourself in seasons where I feel like I'm losing, I'm not I'm not I'm not losing, I'm learning. What am I saying? Don't get lost in your loss. Don't get lost in your loss. Allow your loss to be a lesson and learn from it. Somebody needs to write that down. Don't get lost in seasons that feel like you're losing. Instead, allow it to be a lesson. If I didn't go through this, if I didn't experience this situation, I wouldn't have the perspective that I had to be able to trust God more, to realize that it hasn't been man that's been keeping me. It hasn't been man that's been faithful to me. It hasn't been man that's been favoring me. It's been God all along. And if I lose something, God's gonna give it back to me because it wasn't man that gave it to me in the first place it's been God that's been giving it to me all along and if he didn't go through this experience he never would have learned this lesson why because for God God doesn't see in loss what you feel like you've lost God can give it to you back way better than you ever had it to be had it, had it to begin with because this is the way this is the way that God works I'm talking to listen to me people in this place that have lost loved ones People in this place that have lost loved ones, that you, you were trusting God together and you were believing God for great things and you didn't see this one coming. Can I, can I just remind you, don't you dare stop living. Quit acting like those people are in your past. They're in your future. You're gonna see those people again. Stir your heart to believe and realize that I'm not gonna allow loss to, to get me lost. Instead, I'm gonna learn lessons and I'm gonna encourage other people that are going through the same situation that I'm facing and that I face that can't make sense of their dilemma, that can't make sense of their problems, that can't make sense of the things they're upping is because a lot of times when you're not when you're losing you're really not losing you're learning you you what, what what am i learning that the things that i thought that i was getting from man i've really been getting from god all along and this perspective really leads me to probably the most important thing that i need to learn when i feel stuck you see i have to learn to to look beyond what's obvious learn to lose well this is probably the most important Learn the importance of what you're connected to. Taking notes, right? Learn the importance of what you're connected to. Probably the most important theme in this entire narrative. What's most important is not the fact that they learn to look beyond what's obvious. What's most important is not the fact that they learn how to lose well. What's most important is that they knew and they understood the importance of what they were connected to. They go on this journey, but remember the first thing that they do in getting permission to go on this journey. They ask Elisha, will you go with us? Because they understand without God, without the man of God, without my connection to someone who is bigger than me that understands things that I do not understand. This miracle, folks, does not take place. God cannot then take things that have been dead and lost, stolen, forfeited, things that have sank that it seems like I'll never get them back. If this man isn't brought along for the journey, if God isn't connected to your situation, if you're not connected to God in every single moment of your life, not just keeping him at the top of your list, but keeping him at the center of your life the things in your life that you've lost you will never get them back you see what you're connected to i've said this before before it determines your capacity you see this in human relationships the people that you're connected to determines your capacity if you hang out with a bunch of low life riffraff type people your life is going to be like that people people who who struggle to think about getting oh, i can never get ahead your life is going to be limited by that Whatever you're connected to determines your capacity. How much more what you believe in, what you believe about God, what you believe about Jesus. I hope you understand this picture. What, what Elisha is doing when, when they lose the axe head, he says, come here, what, come here what, did you, what, what happened? It was borrowed. And The Bible says he takes a piece of a stick and he throws it into the water. Why does he take a stick and he throws it into the water? It's this whole principle. Learn the importance of what you're connected to. The Bible says, He who Himself bore our sins and His own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes. We have been healed. What is he doing when he's cutting a piece of a tree? It's really a foreshadowing of Christ. What's more important than learning from loss? What's more important than learning to look above beyond? What's obvious is who you have at the center of your situations, who you're trusting in, who you're connected to. I'm talking about the the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. We can have a lot of spiritual conversation, but it is meaningless without the bloodless, the bloodless, spotless lamb of Jesus that came and sacrificed his life upon a cross what are you connected to today is your faith rooted in the fact that I am righteous not because of my works not because of my behaviors not because of all the eyes that I've dotted and the T's that I've crossed but because who's along with me on this journey I have died to myself and I am alive in Christ it is not I that live but he that lives within me my trust is in someone bigger than myself what you're connected to matters because what you're connected to determines your capacity. And here's the incredible thing, because the most powerful thing about loss is not just turning it into a lesson. The most powerful thing about loss and learning the right perspective and learning how to lose is learning the lesson, but then remembering what I'm connected to, which, which means for us as believers that even the things that I've lost, things that I've lost in the journey, I always get back in the end. I talked about this last week. Things that don't make sense in the journey will always make sense in the end. i like to always, I like to also say this. Things that you lose in the journey, when you are connected to God, when you are connected to Christ, you get those things back in the end. And you don't just get them back the same way that you lost them. You get them back better than you lost them. Why? Because I serve a God who doesn't just do miracles that are static quote, he goes above, beyond my wildest dreams, the things that I could imagine or think, he exceeds those things and the things that he gives back to me no man can take from me because they didn't give them to me so many of us in our lives are crippled by fear you hear me, crippled by fear and silly things whether it be being alone in a dark room whether it be going for my dreams whether it be the pressure of what people would think And all of this just reveals the lack of confidence in what I'm connected to. (laughs) Did you hear me this morning? If you really knew what you were connected to, if you really knew that the God that you believe in put the stars and the moon and the sun into orbit, if you really knew that the God that you believe in, he crafted mountainscapes, and he put you here and breathed life into your body, he crafted you out of dust, and he put you here for a reason, if you knew... If you knew the God that you're connected to, you wouldn't fear. You wouldn't be afraid by the terror that comes at night, the arrow that flies by day. No, because of what I'm connected to. If I lose it, I'll get it back. I'm stopping for nothing. I'm stopping for nobody. I'm going to dig beyond what's obvious. I'm going to learn to lose well because even my losses aren't losses. My losses are lessons. And anything that I lose in the journey, God's going to give it back to me in the end. What are you connected to today? What are you connected to today? Is your faith rooted and movable and shakable? There's, there's a lot of nuance about religion that you may not understand, but you have it settled in your heart that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. A man who did not come professing his own religion and his own faith, a man who came and always pointed to God the Father, always said God is the way, God is the truth, God is the life, and I'm willing to live and die sacrificially so that you can believe in me. And now when God sees you, he doesn't see you based upon your failures and your mistakes and your upbringing and the color. Of your skin and your background and the way that you the way that you think that you are. No, he sees you through the blood of Jesus. What are you connected to? What you're connected to matters. Church, what this 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 matters as it pertains to the church. That, that, that you attend, that you participate in. The Bible says, "Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God." You need to be committed and planted in a church house somewhere. And if you don't believe in the principles and the foundations that we are preaching and on board with here, you need to go find yourself another church. Because you don't. God has not called you to be a spectator. He's called you to be a person, a, a participator. What am I saying? You don't need to just be showing up every week and just saying, oh, so good, so good. You need to get in the game and do something. Why? Because your life is dependent upon what you're connected to matters. Did you know that your life benefits as a result of what you're connected to? You you see this in personal relationships. If if you know a plumber and you're not a plumber, but you're friends with the plumber, what happens when your toilet gets clogged? Oh, I got got a friend for that. Phone a friend. Why? Why? Because my life benefits as a result of what I'm connected to. We, we, have, we have a corporate purpose as the church to be the hope of the world and make disciples and all this kind of stuff. But we also then have an individual purpose. You have this. I talked about this with Moses. Moses was a deliverer. Meaning anybody who was around Moses, they benefited from his calling to be a deliverer. If you were in a bond, you were in a pinch. Good thing Moses was around because Moses was the guy that was going to stand up, take no nonsense from nobody. He's going to deliver you out of this situation. You could see him through, through, his whole, through his whole Bible story. He was doing this, delivering people. You have things in your life that are the same relationally. But can I tell you, your church is the same way? There are things that have marked this. I've grown up in this church since I was seven years old when my parents started it. Thirty-three, going to be thirty-four this next week. I've grown up in this church, and, I, and, I, and I've seen. I've seen. Even though the style of which we presented our message has been different, the core fundamentals of who we are has never changed. And we've been marked by some things. This is important to you because what you're connected to matters. I want you to know this. more You know, here. Let me go through a list of things that I've seen growing up in this church. You know what I've seen this church be marked from? Number one has been miracles. I'm talking about the miraculous. I'm talking about things that are supernatural. They're greater than my intellect and things that I can understand. I'm talking about people that have been diagnosed with cancer one day. They go back to the doctor the next week and they say, there's no cancer in your body. Okay, I'm just telling you what, what I've seen. I, I've been to the Philippines under, the, under the, the authority of this ministry and see people that were blind, could not see, receive their eyesight and I'm ta- I, I love modern medicine I'm a fan of it but I'm not talking about with, I'm talking about the miraculous I'm talking about miracles There's, and is it because we're good and we're special and we're perfect no Just like Moses was anointed to be a deliverer, God gives not just organizational callings, he gives individual callings. You're connected to a place and a a space and a place where the miraculous is commonplace. You better know what you're connected to because when you need a miracle in your life, you better know that I'm connected to the right place. I know somebody who does that. I know a place where there are miracles. I know a place where there are supernatural occurrences that exist beyond my intellect and my understanding. You know the second thing that I've seen growing up in this church? I've seen the power of moments can't explain it, but there's things that happen in moments that actually change the trajectory of a person's life. I've seen drug addicts walk in that building from the back of the door, God do something in a moment what happened? I don't know, but when they left they never touched the drugs again is it because, is it because we were good and understood why it happened and we prayed right and we fasted right? No it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's something that God places on an organization, on, a, on a, a, a calling, a corporate calling that it gives to people I've seen power in the music you feel this every single time that you can show up in this place. You don't just hear singers, you feel them. What, what is that? How come you can go to another place? Be- because God gives everybody different things. There's different things. There's different spaces, but when I need something to move me in a way where I almost need my, my soul cleansed and purged when I come into a worship service and these guys are singing, and are they perfect? Are we perfect? No. But when God puts his grace, he puts his anointing, he puts his, his yoke-destroying, burden-removing power into a moment when they begin to sing, what happens? What am I talking about? Learn the importance of what you're connected to. You're not just showing up to church on a Sunday morning. You're connecting yourself to something that's bigger than yourself. So I, I've seen I've seen moments I've seen here's another thing I've seen maturing believers. What am I talking about? You come as you are, but you don't stay as you are. I've seen people walk in this place, and some some of them it's been it's been instantaneous. Other people, you look at their life when they came showed up on first on day one. You look at them a decade later. It's like whoa, look what the Lord has done. Look what God has done in your life. You came in and you were jacked up and you were screwed up. You didn't have it all together, but God didn't leave you that way. We didn't leave you that way. Look what the Lord has done. Look how much you've grown. Look how much you've progressed. What am I talking about? The importance of what you're connected to. Here's the last thing that I, I see. We've always been multi generational, meaning we're not, we're not just people and leaders that are focused on us. I'm not just about me and being a preacher and being a singer and being a public figure. No, it's always about the next. It's always about how can we use our lives to pour into somebody else's life so that you can hit your mark. I'm talking about you, dietitian. I'm talking about you, nurse. I'm talking about you, lawyer. I'm talking talking about you, the people in this room, to be equipped, to be multi-generational, not just about our thing, but building upon a legacy that it's not going to be us, but it's going to be our kids, and it's going to be our children's children. It's going to be those babies. There's somebody changing their diapers this morning, but they're the future leaders of this church. And when we stand here and preach and we worship, we're not just doing it for us, we're doing it for them. What am I talking about? I'm talking about if you're stuck, lift your eyes a little bit higher than what you're facing. To learn some things. To learn to look beyond what's obvious. To learn to lose well. To learn the importance of what you're connected to. This is why we, when we talk about things like Discover Course, I'm, we're not just peddling programs. This is a space for you to get connected. Is anybody hearing me this morning? Like, do you hear what I'm talking about? Like, if you have the courage, like, let's just, let's just go into your intellectual reasoning. I say this often. You have the courage to believe in an invisible God, then your silly self better have the courage to believe in his invisible ways. You're going to show up to church on a Sunday morning because you want to worship somebody you can't see. If you're going to have that kind of courage, then you better believe that what you're connected to matters. You better believe that his invisible ways, his spiritual principles... Man, if we want to take the route of intellectualizing and understanding, we can talk that stuff all day long. But at some point, you're going to have to realize that if I believe in God, that I'm going to at some point have to take, make a decision. Do I believe in his ways? What you're connected to matters. When we say discover course and things like that, it's a way for you to get connected to what? To come under a covering, so to speak. These are not weird spiritual words. This is literally what it means. What you're connected to matters. Just like you have plumbers that you call when your toilets are plugged. You need to be connected to a house that has access to things that you need. If you have need of the miraculous, if you have need of moments that can change and transform your life, if you have need of music that won't just something that you hear, but I'm talking about things that can get inside you and rock you and quake your soul that you can't explain because it's just music, but it does something to me. If you have need of growth in your life and change, what am I talking about? Freedom. If you need freedom in your life, and I'm not talking about just modifying your behaviors. I'm talking about you have things standing between you and the life that you want to live. You need to be connected to something that helps people grow spiritually. want to be a part of something that's not just about you it's about your kids about your grandkids man not just for selfish old dad or selfish old mom and our careers and our business plan you want to be about something that's about your kids what are you connected to that doesn't have to be here but for God's sakes man be connected somewhere you hear me be connected somewhere. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. It, hear me. It doesn't have to be here. But be planted Be planted somewhere. Not church hopping. Not showing up to different churches and picking things that I like and the things that I want to hear because I like that but I don't like. Isn't that funny how we do that? Like people come up to me. I really like the part when you said, what about the part that you didn't like but you needed to hear? <laughs> you know? I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired of us thinking that everything has to stroke our intellect and make us feel good to be good, to be God, to be right. You, sh- you should sometimes leave this place feeling challenged. You, should, you I'm not talking about condemned. I'm talking about challenged, that there's more. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be leaving a church service saying, man, that was good, and I agreed with every single point. That's exactly what I've been trying to tell. What about the stuff that you didn't agree with, that challenged you, that you needed to hear? Because I, ne- I needed to hear that today. You know, when we talk about stuff, about vulnerability and ego and getting my pride out of the way, that's not, I don't like hearing that stuff, but I need to hear that stuff. What am I talking about? The importance of what you're connected to. Get into a house that you trust. Get into a place that you trust. Get committed. Get involved. Get involved, whether it be in groups, whether it be in Discover Course. Understanding we're not peddling programs. We're trying to help people accomplish their purpose. Would you close your eyes with me? Would you bow your heads with me today? God, today we just open our hearts and we take a second just to remind ourselves who we're connected to. I want to sing the, the Waymaker song before before we go because I think there's many of you probably here that feel a little disoriented. It's this principle of stuck that I opened up the service with where I feel a little bit numb. I'm inspired and I'm excited and I come here every week and I'm inspired and, I'm inspired and excited. But if I'm honest, I don't really know the step to take. I don't really know the move to make. What, where are you? You're stuck. You're in a position where I know we need to grow, but I don't have the tools. I have the strategy, but not the resources. If you find yourself in that place today, I'm I'm challenging you to look beyond what is obvious. I'm challenging you today to learn to lose well. I'm challenging you today mainly this, to learn the importance of what you're connected to. And before we go, I want Drew to sing this, and uh, I'm going to ask you to stand in a second but I want you to remind your soul about who you're connected to. I think sometimes we just forget and then we get scared when we go back out into the real world, the real life. Hope I'm gonna make it this week. Hope nothing bad happens this week. No, I, I just declare war on fear as it pertains to our church. We're not, we're not gonna be people who draw back whether everybody agrees with our stance or not. We're, 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 try, we're trying our very best to trust God in the way we only know how. And I think what matter, the, the only way that we can do that, church... The only way that we can do that is by reminding ourselves who we're connected to. You're connected to a waymaker. You're connected to a miracle worker. You're connected to a promise keeper. You're connected to light in the darkness. you hear that today? You're connected to light in the darkness and when the world gets darker and darker and darker, you just got to remind yourself who you're connected to. I am connected to light in the darkness so when darkness gets darker and darker and darker, you know what happens to me and my family? We get lighter and brighter and brighter and brighter so when every else is on the decrease our family our church we're on the increase we're on the up and up we're going from mountain to mountain we're going from glory to glory we're going from faith to faith we haven't seen our best days yet people say that it's doomsday and the negative things and dark things are to come not for us not for our house as for me and my house we will serve the lord we know who we're connected to all across this room would you stand to your feet would you begin to sing and lead us through can we remind our soul i want you to leave if there is discouragement in this place you are not leaving here discouraged let me be the friend in your life that's going to persuade you you're not leaving this place discouraged come on can you think about these words can you feel these words can you remind yourself of the god that you believe in who are you connected to I just declare over lives in this place that have lost things. Got people who have lost things along the way that they have thought will limit them from getting to their destination. I just declare things that you lost decades ago, this week you see a transformation and a turnaround by the miraculous power working of God. God, if you did it in the days of old, if you did it in the days of Elisha, we just declare as a result of the blood of Jesus that was shed upon a cross that enables us to stand boldly and come boldly before God, we ask for those things that we have lost back. God, we expect, come on, join your faith with me this morning. We expect the miraculous this week. We expect things that were lost generations ago. God, I'm talking about things you didn't even lose. I'm talking about things that your grandparents and your great grandparents lost, that we were going to give up and forfeit those things. I declare turnarounds. I declare inheritances that have been held off for years. This week, this month, today, in this moment, we just declare a breaking, a releasing God in the heavens. And that has been, as it has happened in heaven, let it be so on our earth. God, we join our faith. We're not looking for status quo Christianity. We want the evidence and the power of God who you are working in our lives. God, and if you've marked us with it, we didn't ask for it. We, we remind ourselves the importance of what we're connected to. We didn't earn it. Hear me. You don't earn it. You didn't deserve it. You're not getting the phone call because you've been good. You're getting the phone call because God's been faithful. You hear me? It's not because you've been good. It's because God is faithful. And he's going to be faithful to some grandparents and some great-grandparents, and I just declare things that have been lost in the journey. You're getting back. 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 Why? Why? Because we're, those who have the courage to believe that you can get it back, you'll get it back. You don't believe it? Don't worry about it. You won't get it back. And so, <laughs> you hear me? But for those of us in this place that say, God, we want everything that you have. God, this, this morning, in this place, I just declare, God, a returning of things that have been lost. Finances, peace of mind peace of mind those of you who you never used to struggle with mental anxiety but in the last couple years you've been struggling with it a lot you're getting back your peace of mind getting back your peace of mind restoration I'm talking about in relationships friendships friendships not talking about the ones that needed to go I'm talking about the ones that you lost along the journey as a result of miscommunication and manipulation and people being devious God's justice I just declare that it reigns and rules Maybe you're here today never made a decision to place your faith in Christ. Real quickly before we go, before the uh, comes and wraps up service. Maybe you're watching online. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the whole principle, what you're connected to. It doesn't have to make sense to your intellect. I'm telling you, if your heart and your chest tells you there's something about this man, I want to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer. I believe it's that simple. We're going to pray this prayer together collectively. We're a family. Nobody prays alone. So celebration as a church family. Will you pray this with me? Say this out loud. Say, Jesus today I believe in my heart I say out of my mouth you're the son of God I believe that you live for me I believe that you died for me I believe you came back from the dead for me so today I call you my savior and I make you my Lord help me to live the life that you made me to live say I trust you say this, say I connect myself Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen.
1: Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.